There are a lot of things that matter to me. Family, community, culture, and peace of mind. Hi, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when balancing life, I have to say nothing brings more comfort than having support. And when it comes to ensuring those things that matter to you the most, State Farm offers the support with an agent available in person or on the phone to discuss your coverage options. Support when you need it, however you choose. That's State Farm's way. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Wrestling with Freddie. And I'm so glad to have you here on another Wednesday or whatever day you got to listen to this on. If you're in your car, if you're at work, I won't tell your boss. If you're in your car, I hope the traffic's not too, too horribly awful. If you're watching old wrestling matches while you're listening to this, shout out to you too. And if you're just tuning in for the first time, you can catch all our previous episodes at the same spot you're listening to this one right now. And uh, come with us on the journey. Welcome to the Federation and welcome to Wrestling with Freddie. Now, stepping up to the mic, the host of Wrestling with Freddie, Freddie Prince Jr. All right, you guys, we're going to do another deep dive. I really enjoyed the Dolph Ziggler deep dive. I like going in and re-examining the careers of people I, I was lucky enough to work with while I was there and see them grow despite speed bumps or see them grow even with the greatest push of all time. It's just, it's fun to dive into that. So we're doing it again, only this time we're doing it with an old school legend. Ziggler ain't old school. He just old. Oh, anyway, today's episode, I'm going to deep dive on someone who affected me deeply while I worked there. And if you're familiar with the show, we've talked about him a little bit in some of the acting classes. Today's episode is all about Mr. William Regal. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going British today. We're going to be very proper. There will be no cursing on this episode, although the Brits can curse, boy. But this was a guy I learned a lot more from than he realized when I was there. I think he's heard since then because I've, I've told enough people. But I love this guy and I want to share a couple. Well, first, I want to share the reasons why and then uh, as a kid and then why I learned to respect him as a professional. Oh, but we're side questing right away before we get into any of this. So check this out. You guys know that I love wrestling very much and I'm, and I'm not sensitive about it, but I'm very protective about it. When I first took the job at WWE, I said, look, I'm not trying to, to change the business. I'm not trying to do anything like that. This was the second time I went there. I said, let me just help build a wall and, and help protect it. So I get very protective of wrestling sometimes. And when I see people aren't taking it seriously, it's bothersome to me. I've been asked on social media, hey, would you go back and write for WWE? And the answer is always no. But the reasoning, and this is the most honest I, I can possibly be, it's a job that requires 
100%. And if you're not willing, and this is my opinion, this is what worked for me. When I was able to give 100% and not focus on family or friends or anything else, I was really, really good. When I, when I wasn't able to do that, it just wasn't where it deserved to be. There are other people there depending on your ideas and your words, sometimes if they're not able to come up with their own. And if you're half-assing it, how oh, we already cursed, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be working with them. So it, I, those are the things I get protective about. And so I got this weird email from the, the friendly people at Twitch. And for those who don't know what Twitch is, it's a streaming service that started with, uh, I think it was called Justin TV. And it was kids playing video games and you could watch them while they were playing a game. And people like to watch for various reasons. Maybe the person's just sick at the game and getting headshots on everybody and never dying. They're getting like 40 kills and two deaths or sometimes even no deaths. And if you're a kid or a grown-up that's into video games, that might be exciting for you to watch. Sometimes they were just great storytellers or trash talkers. They would, they're, they're, the way they would express themselves when they would die or get kills really got them a lot of popularity. Sometimes people just thought they looked cool or thought they were hot and were like, yo, I'm just going to follow this person. I don't like video games, but they're talking to me. So that's cool. I get to interact. And that was a big thing. There was an interaction there between the audience. You could read their chat. And when it first came out, it blew people away. So I attempted to work with Twitch a long, long time ago. And we started a game channel there where I would play video games and talk to, to fans and, and, uh, and tell stories, kind of like what we're doing now. And it transitioned into what really my love was, which was tabletop stuff. And I pitched them a bunch of like tabletop stuff, video game stuff, all kinds of things. And one of them was a wrestling podcast, so to speak, a wrestling show, I think I called it. I don't, I don't even think I knew what a podcast was then. So I hit them with all these ideas. They rejected everything categorically and then let me know that I was not the talent that they were looking to work with at Twitch. I guess I was too old, right? I, I guess, or I, I don't know what it was. They didn't give me a reason, but they let me know that, that uh, I wouldn't be receiving the support that, uh, that I was looking for. So I was like, all right, I'm not the kind of guy that's going to ask the same girl out twice if she said no. So I left, started my own thing, did my own thing. Well, Twitch emailed me and get this. Not only did, did they ask if I would be interested in doing a, a podcast for them, as they called it, which clearly they didn't know I was already doing one, but the offer was hysterical. They're, they're so not committed to the wrestling business. They said, we would love to offer you a four to eight or eight to 10 week trial run of a wrestling podcast payment based off your numbers right and i'm sitting there reading this i'm like this is like a, a record deal in 2005 where record companies forgot how to build stars and or didn't have employees that could build them anymore so you had to have your own following on social media and that was the only way you could get signed whether you were good or not so i emailed this this nice guy back and he for sure did not work there when i was there and i i started the message with that i said hey man um I'm definitely not the right guy for this. I said, I already have a podcast and we're doing quite well. Thank you very much to all of you who are, uh, who listen and, and give us that love. That also made it feel extra special. And that's because of you guys, not me. 
Um, but I wrote, I said, I'm definitely not the right guy for this. You know, I tried this once before with, with you guys and uh, didn't have much success. And to put in the offer, you're only going to give it eight to 10 weeks. Let's me know that you guys aren't committed. And for you not to be fully committed and me to be as committed as I am, if you guys suddenly don't like the show because of expectations that you didn't inform me of weren't met or because you're simply not as big a fan, which you clearly aren't if it's eight to 10 weeks of wrestling as I am, then all of a sudden the show's gone. I can't take it with me. And then you damage me and my brand. And then I followed it and I thought this was important. And I know I'm putting them on blast, but this is just called constructive criticism. This isn't hating on anyone. I said, I'm sure. And I'm sure, I don't know any of them, but I'm sure they're out there. I wrote, I'm sure you have dozens of streamers right now for Twitch that do this exact thing that you're looking for. And if you just gave them a little bit of direction, because all shows need a little direction or we can get carried away with ourselves, like my side quests. <laughs> they need a little direction, a little support, and some financing. And I think you guys could get a great show with great numbers. But you should look internally before you start looking externally for talent. That's just a cool way to run a company. I said, I know you're not in charge of the business model and the business structure over there, but always look internally first. Otherwise, the person that comes in is going to be hated by all the people that already exist there. And they'll start campaigning to, for you not to listen to that show. That's not the way you want to do things when your business depends on the artist. As an actor, a producer, and a proud Latino father, my days can get very busy, which is why I make sure to dedicate time to what's important, like supporting my community through my work, sharing my Colombian and Venezuelan culture, and being present for my family, which is everything to me. Hey everyone, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and we're reflecting on what matters most. I start by giving thanks for good support in my life whenever I need to make the big decisions. How about you? If it's insurance you need, State Farm is there to help you choose the right coverage for you. And State Farm offers great support 24-7. Just call an agent. State Farm is also a big supporter of Michael Tuda Podcast Network by helping to share our Latinx voices. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tuda shows wherever you get your podcast. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. <laughs> Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It was awesome to get to tell them no. The reason I get to tell them no is because of y'all listening. So this is more just an ode to, to the Federation. I appreciate you guys very much, you guys and gals. Thank you for tuning in each week. So I'm working at WWE. I'm writing. 
and I meet William Regal. And I'm so impressed to meet this man because when I was a kid, I was not the Goldberg guy. I did not like Goldberg. I didn't like the fact that he was running through everybody. I didn't like the fact that legends, not maybe not legends, but people who I grew up loving to watch were just getting mowed down. And it just seemed like everything they had done in the past didn't matter. And for those of you who don't know, Goldberg was like an ex-NFL guy who came in and got the single greatest push of all time. He literally, I think it was like 137 and 0 or 132, some crazy number of victories. And no matter who it was, you just knew they were getting smashed. So the matches to me weren't exciting. And a lot of guys that I felt were better wrestlers and who deserved a good run and opportunity were just getting owned and smashed. Enter William Regal. Behind the scenes, there were a lot of wrestlers who did not like the way Bill Goldberg worked. Protecting his partner in there was not always his first priority. And I believe it was simply because he was new and didn't necessarily know how. It wasn't like, I don't believe, I've never heard anyway, that he was maliciously trying to hurt people. It's just he didn't have a lot of experience. And he wrestled stiff, which is the term they use, which means harder than you should. <laughs> Although some guys prefer that nowadays, especially in Japan. William Regal's supposed to come in and he's supposed to lose to this man. For whatever reason, he decides not today. Not today. I'm going to I'm going to do the work I'm supposed to do and the person who's supposed to win this match is going to win the match, but there will be a lesson before I go down for a one, two, three. And damn was there. I would like all of you go onto YouTube and type William Regal, although it might've been Steven Regal back then, but either way, William Regal versus Goldberg WCW. And you will see what I saw when it actually happened. And my mind is just getting blown because not only is he giving this man a lesson? He is winning the match. He is, he is working Goldberg all around the ring, tossing him, throwing him, swinging him, walking him, running him, just schooling this man until the time is up. I don't know. Maybe the ref was like, what are you doing, bro? Are you crazy? What, what, what are you doing? You got to take the fall. I don't know what happened. Again, I would love to have him on and hear this story if, if he could break it down. It's, it's, it's long enough now that I feel like it's okay to talk about. Eventually, he does the work he's supposed to do, and Bill Goldberg goes over one, two, three, and all my friends get together that night at Dion's Pizza in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and it's all we're talking about. And my friends that were hip to the internet were like, oh, you don't even know, dude. Oh my gosh, people are freaking out. People are tripping out over there. William, he might get fired. What's gonna happen? Everybody was like, you know, speculating and, and gossiping the way little old ladies at the grocery store or at the beauty salon in the 80s would, right? It was, it was this magical moment for all of us. So here I am getting to meet him and he knows I'm a writer there. And he's wanting to talk to me about story, something that we could get him on, on TV. And he was so self-aware, humble, and confident all at the same time. And I remember him saying, I'm not looking for a, for a, a, you know, a massive investment of, of time on television, but I believe there's some young men that I can help and we can put a story behind it. 
and make the match mean something as opposed to just a match where I lose that doesn't help me or him. And no one had said that to me before. No one, no, no one in the, in the brass had said it. No one. And I don't just mean about Regal. I just meant the way he broke this down. And so I worked hard. I, it, it was, it was inspiring to me. And I, I remember I was writing stories and this was when like NXT, if it was like a, a show on sci-fi and they had mentors and, and, and such. And we were trying to work stories into there. And I, I just kept hitting brick wall after brick wall. And I, and I didn't know, I didn't know why I still don't know to this day. And I would talk to him. I say, Hey man, my story didn't make TV for you. I'm sorry. Can we, you know, can we talk about something else next week? And so every three weeks or so, we, I would listen to his ideas. I would try to process some stuff, put some stuff on the table. And I could never, and like most writers, this wasn't just with, with Regal. This was with most talent and with most writers. It was very difficult not to write a long-term story, to get one on TV, and then to maintain it unless it was a top dog, right? It was easy to write Edge Dolph stuff because that was over the World Heavyweight Championship. It was much more difficult to write a Loki storyline, he even won NXT. And oh my gosh, I was there. To, here's another side quest. I was there when Loki won. I went back because I wanted to write specifically for him. And they knew that. And then they deaded his whole story, his whole storyline. It was a storyline that I wrote and changed it to him challenging instead of for the world title for the Intercontinental, which made no sense. If you have a, a golden ticket to cash in for any title you choose, why would you, why wouldn't you choose the main one to quote the late great Scott Hall nobody gets in that business to aim for the middle and that literally was the reason I walked away the second time because I thought that storyline was so ridiculous but back on track it was difficult to maintain consistency and even to get the the lesser characters if there wasn't a title involved it was just so so difficult it was so so difficult so as sort of a, a way for him to meet me halfway, he started putting over my promo class, the, the acting class that we've talked about a bunch. And I mentioned in, I mentioned in there in, in one episode, and if you haven't heard it, please go back and, and jump in. He had this promo where we did repetition back and forth. You're locked into the dialogue that one other person says. And Fred Rosser was there, who's wrestling either in Japan or on the Indies somewhere right now. And uh, he's, an, he's an openly gay wrestler. And William Regal is explaining to him why he doesn't belong in the WWE. And I remember this so specifically now doing this podcast. It's so, it, this part is so ingrained in my brain. Rosser at the end of, of William Regal's promo, which was challenging Fred, which he was supposed to do. Fred explodes, and I mean explodes, and he screams out, I belong, and there's tears in his eyes, and I remember looking at this dude and being like, where is that coming from? This is a guy, I mean, he looks like black John Cena. He's a good looking, I mean, we joked that he was the black John Cena. John even cracked a joke on Raw that his dad might have stepped out because this dude looked so much like him. He was a good looking dude. He had the body. He could, he could work at least to the, to the, to the lame person's eye. 
so I'm sitting there in that, like, what, what, where is that? Cause it was not acting. Something came out, something came out. And that was the real moment that he came out. He just didn't say the words. I've worked in Hollywood long enough. I've seen enough people who are afraid to come out because they're afraid men won't believe them as a leading man in a movie anymore. And they fear more the studios won't believe that. So they keep their stuff private. And it's only in certain moments where that insecurity, that fear comes out because we can't just live a lie our whole life, right? Like it has to escape sometimes. That's why I always say, just get it all out there. My mom used to say, people are going to find a reason, reason to hate you for something, whether it's your fault or not. So just like what you like and don't worry about all that other stuff. As an actor, a producer, and a proud Latino father, my days can get very busy, which is why I make sure to dedicate time to what's important, like supporting my community through my work, sharing my Colombian and Venezuelan culture, and being present for my family, which is everything to me. Hey everyone, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when reflecting on what matters most, I start by giving thanks for good support in my life whenever I need to make the big decisions. How about you? If it's insurance you need, State Farm is there to help you choose the right coverage for you. And State Farm offers great support 24-7. Just call an agent. State Farm is also a big supporter of Michael Tuda Podcast Network by helping to share our Latinx voices. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tuda shows wherever you get your podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. So I'm seeing this huge moment, and I don't even think Regal knows that he's partially responsible for that, that sort of release of, of pain and fear. And I remember Fred held his head so high and his chest was out and he just looked so proud, you know, like say one more, say, I don't belong here. Say, I wish you would. And Regal just looked at him and smiled and nodded. And he said, well, perhaps I'm wrong. And everyone just, it was dead silent and they just erupted, erupted. Right. And I went up and I thanked him afterwards. And I just remember being like, man, that was like the most honesty, the most truth that anybody's thrown out there since this, since this class started. And he asked me, this is so crazy. He didn't have to ask. He's William Regal. Would you mind? Would you mind? He has this great British accent. Would you mind terribly if, if next week I came in and, and perhaps did a monologue from Shakespeare? And I'm like, wait, what? It, 
you know you know Shakespeare you're you're supposed to be the villain the, like you punch guys when they're not looking you what, what do you mean you know Shakespeare? he's like oh yeah yes and he starts talking to me about various monologues from Shakespeare when I was in acting class and auditioning to get agents you know we would pick monologues and I didn't know anything about Broadway or off Broadway or anything I knew zero theater so I thought all the monologues just came from Shakespeare right so that's all I worked on from age 18 to like 19 and a half. And I had a good six or seven of them on lock, right? So this dude comes in the very next week. And I haven't said anything. There's probably 18 to 20 young wrestlers in there. Natty Neidhart's in there. Um, Harry Smith. That's a Bulldogs boy. A whole bunch. TJ was there. Eve Torres, Gracie was there. Melina was there. Beth Phoenix was like, we, we were squad, squad deep at that point. He comes in there and he kind of looks at me and I say, Hey, uh, Regal wants to go up. He's in a, he's in a cut of promo. And my man stands up there and he's dressed night, you know, he's dressed well. And he looks out at everyone. And before he even speaks, he just takes in the room. And he gives eye contact to every single wrestler in there. And it's just, he's taking his time. And he's showing them, like, when you're in the ring, take it in. Allow your confidence to make silence a comfortable place. That's something actors hear a lot, right? Silence. Allow that, uh, be comfortable with silence. Or like Uma Thurman says in Pulp Fiction, I, I'll cuss, but you know what she said. Everybody's seen the movie. So he takes it all in and he's like smiling at them, right? So it's a pleasant moment. And then he hits him and he says, this is from, I think, The Tempest. He hits him with, you fools. I and my fellows are ministers of fate. The elements of whom your swords are tempered may as well wound the loud winds or with bemock that stabs kill the still closing waters as diminish one dow that's in my plume. And it's this ill, he does it better than me. I'm, I'm, I'm not Kenneth Branagh. But yeah, that's Ariel's, that's Ariel's monologue from The Tempest. And he's talking smack to these guys that come at him, right? And basically saying like, yo, those swords that are that you have are 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 built from the things I control. You can't you can't touch me. Like swinging that is like swinging your sword in water. It'll hurt the water long before it takes one feather off my hat. Is like the the American translation basically. And it goes on and on and on. I don't remember the whole thing. I got the I got the first ten lines of every monologue. That's it. And everyone is, I mean. Stone sober as a judge, dead silent. It's like listening to the greatest closing argument in a courtroom ever. He has captivated me and every single man and woman in that room. Nobody's breathing. And then he stops and he nods his head and he says, thank you very much. So quietly and humbly. And he sits down. He sits down like a student then in amongst the other students and everybody's like, no, screw that. And they all stand up, they're clapping, and they're like, oh my God. And I'm like the first one up. I'm blown away. I love when people can communicate a language I don't understand and make me understand it. Does that make sense? Shakespeare can be very complex. It's such an old 
beautiful way of speaking and we butchered the English language with words like, dude, gnarly, sick, and I'm guilty of these things. But it can be hard to understand if you're just reading it off a page. But when somebody who it connects with starts to execute those lines for you, it was sort of, I said Kenneth Branagh earlier, it was sort of when Kenneth Branagh played Gilderoy Lockhart in Harry Potter, right? You're sitting there and you're like, "Uh, yeah, no one else should be doing that ever again. And if it's in a play, the guy who has to follow that is going to suck. And when he executed this promo, like I legit said, don't worry, no one else has to do a promo today. We'll just do scene work. And I just had stuff from like previous weeks that maybe didn't work. And we would work on those segments and either rewrite them or if I felt they were well-written by some of the other people, sometimes even Vince, we would get another shot at it, right? So the next time they got something that was phrased and worded that way, they would have more experience executing it, feel a little bit more confident about it. It was all about confidence for that. So now let's talk about the present day, William Regal. He's left WWE or was let go. He was basically the character that was running NXT when it was the black and gold brand. And it had a lot of love and respect. And then behind the scenes, I don't know if he was running it. A lot of people say that was that was Triple H. And I don't I don't know like the inside stuff or anything like that. But I'm sure his his opinion was respected and listened to. So he debuts in AEW a few months later in the middle of this conflict between John Moxley and Daniel Bryan. And I love Daniel Bryan. He can somehow pull off this murky heel character without being the typical. It's it's just unique. There's something special about him when he goes heel. Everybody loves him as a baby face. Yes, yes, yes. That's what got him the championship. But I always preferred him as this sort of, I don't even know how to describe the type of heel he is. It's just this confident, screw you. No, it's, I don't even know. I'm not as good as him, so I can't explain it. But he had this great conflict with Moxley, and they both have connections to William Regal from when they were young wrestlers coming up and training and learning the ropes. He had an influence in both their lives. All the smart fans in the audience know this. All the fans in the audience at this AEW show love William Regal the way I love William Regal because everyone except Bill Goldberg loves William Regal. This man comes out, the crowd goes crazy, he gets in the middle of the ring, and he's basically berating both men. Why are you fighting each other? When you, If you work together, you could take over this entire company. And they both kind of get in his face, or Moxley does, and Regal slaps him right across, the, like the way a father in the 60s slaps his son. And Moxley takes it because it's like a relationship, a father in the 60s. And now Daniel Bryan's smirking and laughing like, you don't talk smack to the boss, bro. Bow! Regal smacks him. And his reaction is twice as good as Moxley's. And all of a sudden, the crowd is just, they love they love this because he's a real dude, a credible dude. AEW's still growing. It, and it to have his face there is just this feel-good, yes, we're moving in the right direction kind of thing. No one's ever said a bad thing about Regal. And if they have, it's 99% of the time it's a them issue, not a him issue. Or it was early in his career. As, as a veteran and behind-the-scenes producer, 
he is a gem of a human being. And I know people who know him to this day, who have worked with him to this day, and he is a gem of a human being. So if you ever hear anything bad about William Regal, you let me know. You let me know, and I will handle it. And I would love to. We've had, look, we've had Tony Khan on the show. We got to reach out to Tony. We got to get Regal on the show. I would love to get his reaction to some of this. Maybe he remembers it differently. I don't know. Oh, here's, you know, <laughs> was, here's a side quest. <laughs> this is the stupidest side quest ever. All right. I was telling you, I, I know wrestlers that, that know Regal and, and they speak highly of him. And I've, I pitched this idea. So I want to preface this by saying this was a joke. All right. I texted my buddy. I said, hey, uh, do you think if I did a bunch of steroids and human growth hormone and up my calorie intake to like 45 to 5,000 calories a day, but only did legs, would only my legs get huge? And follow-up question, how much would you pay to watch that guy wrestle? <laughs> so these are serious questions. Even though it's a joke, they're serious questions. Would my legs get super jacked? Like Wiley Coyote in the Roadrunner cartoon when he takes the leg vitamins, vitamins just for your legs, and his legs got hella swole, and my finisher would just be a drop kick, just a regular drop kick. But you would have, but my legs are so buff, you would have to sell it like it was the sickest wrestling move that's ever been hit ever. You could call me King Quads, baby, King Quads. So that's what I'm gonna do, you guys. I'm not joking. I'm deadly serious. I'm gonna take everything, the growths. The, the steroids, the gorilla sweats, the, the I'll rub deer antlers all over my quads every night before I go to sleep, and they'll grow exponentially at night, and I'll become king quads. Now, granted, there may not be a brand out there, promotion willing to hire me, but I'll create my own damn brand, and the dropkick is making a comeback, people. That's the dumbest story I've ever told, and I've never really ended an episode on sort of a, huh, kind of feeling. And I feel like we've done a great job of that today. So thank you for listening. And we're going to do an episode that's totally dedicated to y'all, which have made this podcast so much fun. And I'm so proud of it. I really am. I'm so proud of it. And I know we're doing good when weirdos out there who don't give a crap about wrestling are like, hey, do you want to do something about wrestling? Yes, I do. I'm already doing it. And I'm doing it with you guys, the Federation. Thanks, y'all. Peace. This has been a production of iHeart's My Cultura Podcast Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. What the world needs now is positivity. Connecting, relating, and being human together is where it's at. Hi there, honey German, and I know life happens, but trust, you got this. And State Farm got us. It feels good knowing that State Farm agents are there to help you choose the right coverage with great support. 24-7. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.